Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Really glad to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us here in the guest segment of our program. You are listening again to the Common Sense Show. We are the show. That's freeing America. How many millions at a time? One. But we need you to turn it into one million. What do I mean by that? Please share these broadcasts far and wide. Uh, We need to wake up America. People are like walking dead. I feel like we're in a nation of zombies. Although I will tell you this, I'm getting a lot of buyer's remorse from Democrats. Oh, I'm sitting in a waiting room today, right? Lady sees me reading a Time Magazine article and Biden was there on it. And she said, uh, I really regret voting for him. And I said, oh, tell me what you were thinking when you voted for him. Well, I just didn't like Trump. I said, did you listen to anything that Biden said he was going to do? Well, what do you mean? Well, energy rates, <laughs> gasoline prices, jobs. I said, in one month, he's been a one-man wrecking crew. And it sounds like you already know that. I know, I know. Buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse, folks. Anyway, we're going to talk to the general public tonight from one of their representatives. We'll call him the Average Joe, and he's got some questions he wants to ask me. And in this age of uh, social media revenge, we're going to keep his identity secret. But he's got some specific questions he wants me to elaborate on that. The average person could benefit from knowing. And we'll join the Average Joe in just a moment. First, I need to let you know that we're brought to you by Noble Gold. And you're saying... Noble Gold, yeah, Noble Gold. The Listen to me, please. Cash is trash, and it's about ready to crash. Everybody's going Bitcoin. Everyone's going gold and silver, precious metals. Banks are taking Bitcoin. Even the city of Miami is talking about paying their employees in Bitcoin. They're studying it now. Why? Because they know that the dollar is not going to be around much longer. The IMF announced the dollar will not be the world reserve currency much longer. That means we'll lose the only backing for the dollar we've had since we went off the gold standard completely in 1972. That means you've got tremendous debt and you've got nothing back in the currency. Can you say Wehrmacht Republic inflation pre-Nazi Germany? That's what's coming. And if you're smart, you'll let Noble Gold navigate your way out of this. If you've got assets to protect, you need to give Noble Gold a call. 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. The people of Texas have my greatest sympathy. I've got relatives in San Antonio, in Dallas. I've got uh, dear friends that live in the Fort Worth area. And they are suffering like no one's business. Catastrophic damage to their house, utility bills through the roof. Thank you, Joe Biden, and your stupid, idiotic policies. These people are struggling. And a lot of them don't have food. 
And you've heard me talk about the need for food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, and tools. And now I know a lot of these people says, man, I didn't think it ever could happen here. Let's take this unfortunate situation in Texas, and I'm not making light of these people, believe me, they're in my prayers. Too many people there I care about. I care about all of them. We need to learn a lesson from this. If you're not prepped, this could happen to you. And if you don't think this was some kind of weather modification wars put on Texas, think again. I've looked at the jet streams, and if you don't believe me, just look up on the commonsenshow.com website, owning the weather 2025, and with the patents, tell me the technology doesn't exist. Or you can go to Project Harp and see the same patents again by the same companies. They can move the jet stream. They can move the weather. And if you think it was an accident, the number one resisting state, the number one state for energy in the United States, the number one wheat producer in the United States, is Texas. If you think this was an accident by the Biden administration when these people were standing up to Texas, I mean standing up to the federal government, think again. Oh, I know that's conspiratorial, but how many coincidences does it take to make a conspiracy? Ladies and gentlemen, you need to be prepped. Food is your number one priority. Go to preparewithdave.com for restaurant quality food, 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day, that's 2,000 calories per day, ladies and gentlemen. That's really good. Additionally, you get 20% off the four-week package. So if you're looking to accumulate large amounts of food, you can buy in those four-week increments and experience a tremendous saving while you build your stockpile. And I'm telling you right now, the people in Texas that are okay, I had one lady down there I know. I used to coach her uh, oldest son in basketball. And um, she told me, she said, uh, Dave, years ago, you told us we better get prepped. You never know. And she goes, we moved to Texas. And she goes, oh, my goodness. We were prepped, and we've got through this a lot better than we would have. Preparewithdave.com is where you need to be. Well, we've got Average Joe on the line with us here. And he's got a set of questions he's going to ask me. I'm going to elaborate, and we'll probably kick it around a little bit. But I think it's things that the average person's thinking about. They're hearing some of these things but they're not quite sure how to synthesize all this into an understandable, uh, coherent body of knowledge. And hopefully we can do some of that here in this show. Average Joe, thanks for joining us. And uh, I can't wait to get started on this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great to be here, Dave. Um, I got a couple of questions for you. Um, I keep hearing people from, I guess it's, it's mostly from people from the, from the left talking about how there was no there was no the election was not rigged there was no irregularities and i keep thinking about there was a thousand affidavits sworn affidavits about irregularities in the election process i'm just wondering was the election stolen and how do we know it was stolen um beyond what i just mentioned well if i just read the mainstream media i i, I would have to uh, say my eyes were lying to me but i watched video in Wayne County, uh, in Detroit, where they put up pizza boxes and locked the doors to keep the poll watchers out from the Republican Party. That's a violation of federal election law. It's a violation of state and county election law. And you have to ask the question, if you're hiding something, aren't you probably doing something wrong? And I saw that with my own eyes. Okay, but I'll give you something else I did too. On the night of the election, actually going into the early morning, the wee hours, I had a relative call me, and the relative said, you need to put the numbers up on your website right now. I go, what do you mean? 
they've stopped counting. And I was busy kind of doing something else. And I said, well, uh, let me look at this. And I turned on Fox News, which is controlled opposition. They're not our friend people if you're a conservative. Make sure you understand that. Sean Hannity's a good guy. There ain't much else over there. Okay, They all deserted Trump in his time of need. Anyway, long story short, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm going, oh my gosh, he's maintaining his lead in all the swing states. Trump is definitely going to win. And this is what I thought at the time. And I said, oh my gosh, you're right. They've stopped counting. I've never seen where they've stopped counting. They didn't go to bed. You bring in the second shift. And so what I did is I published the number of votes for Biden for each of the swing states and the number of votes for Trump. And then the votes yet to be counted. They very nicely listed that for me. So I went through and, you know, I've written a couple courses in stat and I've taught stat and um, research protocols uh, for quite some time. Um, and it wasn't much of a mental endeavor for me to project what percentage of the vote Biden would have to get to win in each state. In Wisconsin, it was 85%. Biden would have had to have received 85% of the remaining vote to have a chance of winning. No one's getting 85% of the vote. <laughs> okay, um, th That's ridiculous. But he didn't get 85%. He got 111%. And you had three of the larger counties have more than 100% of the voters reporting. Other, I mean, talking about they had over a vote rate of a, over 100%. 106% in one county above registered voters. Okay, this was true in every county. Now, oh, every state, I should say. The North Carolina election which Trump will eventually carry, uh, that was the low. Uh, Biden would only had to have gotten 68% of those votes, and he didn't meet that standard. He got, he got like 40-something. Uh, uh, Georgia, he had to get in the low 70s. Michigan, mid-70s. Those are impractical numbers. And in Michigan, we also had counties reporting of more than 100% of the vote total. Statistically, I could demonstrate that this election was clearly stolen, just in the swing states, just on that moment in time when I recorded all this. At the same time, this is really interesting, we had a voter fiasco here. I live in the rural, northern, uh, non-metropolitan area of, um, of, of Maricopa County. And Maricopa County was one of the biggest sources of fraud in the country. And it's not surprising though, the Secretary of State three days before the election on Twitter referred to Trump, and she's a Republican in name only, but she called Trump a Nazi on Twitter. It was amazing. And um, Ducey, our governor, has conflicts of interest with the uh, vaccine industry and the testing industry. He's the governor of Arizona, but he also sits on the board of a company called TGen. And TGen hasn't done anything wrong. It's Ducey that's engaged in the conflict of interest. And Ducey, uh, with the stroke of his pen, can move massive amounts of money because TGen's involved in vaccines and testing with Sonora Quest Laboratories, which is our biggest testing agent in Arizona and the main testing agent for COVID-19. So uh, Ducey should have been in big trouble just for the appearance of conflict of interest. But it gets worse because, see, Trump came out and was very clear in the lead up to the election, vaccines will not be mandatory.
Well, that's not what Ducey wants to hear when he is on the board of a company that will make more money if they are mandatory. There's your built-in conflict of interest. So keep this in mind as a backdrop, okay? So there were two issues of controversy in Maricopa County, huge areas of controversy. And then I'll bring in Ducey at the end. One, during the time that I was actually calculating the election results at the request of my relative, I'm getting tweets and emails with videos and with recorded messages of people saying they're stealing the election, they've stolen the election. And people were sending me stuff that had gone on mostly in the southeastern part of Maricopa County. Now in that area, we have a heavy uh, LDS, Church of Latter-day Saints population. They're very family-oriented, they're very conservative, and they love Donald Trump. And you could expect in a community like that to have somewhere between a 65 and 75% vote preference for Trump. Well, in some of these voting places, they took away the people's ballpoint pens. And I have this on tape. It's not like, gee, we think it happened. These people are telling false stories. No, 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 no. I have it on tape. And they were given Sharpies. And so they go through and they mark their preference for Trump. And the Sharpie breeds, uh, bleeds through. And their vote was disallowed. They start protesting. And they're getting pretty raucous verbally. But not doing anything wrong. CNN shows up to cover the raucous. And CNN's making fun of them. And people are watching CNN on their phones. So they start chanting, F CNN, F CNN. And then... The dictator, Democratic sheriff of Maricopa County, okay, who manages to stay out of the limelight, but believe me, he is a slime ball of a politician, and he doesn't support the Constitution, and he did use his position to help influence this election, and that's Paul Penzone. He shows up, and, and he tells the people, you will shut up or you'll go to jail. It is not illegal to yell FCNN. It's perfectly legal. I don't think it's necessarily in good taste, but I understand why these people are so agitated because they saw an election being stolen right out from underneath their eyes. They knew what was going on. Well, that's not the end of the story. The infamous Dominion voting machines, okay? And I'm just going to report what I've seen. The Dominion voting machines were controlled by the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Oh, and I am so sorry to report this, and someday I'm going to throw his name out there, but one of the five happens to be an ex-student of mine from a long time ago. And I have a very close relationship with he and his family, and I'm so disappointed. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors endorsed Dominion. Okay, that's fine. Maybe they didn't know what they were getting. Although I had Chris Kitsey on my TV show recently, and Chris pulled out information from Byrne, B-Y-R-N, the guy who was one of the whistleblowers um, on election fraud. And they showed that the most votes were changed in China, by China. And, uh, and Dominion machines were uh, in that country, and we were counting votes overseas, which is totally illegal. It's a total violation of our election laws. So as, as we look at this, the state Senate becomes outraged in Arizona and they uh, send a subpoena to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. They want to have a forensic audit of the voting machines 
and they said, up your nose with a rubber hose, fella. We're not giving you anything. They refused a subpoena from the Arizona State Senate. Well, the legislature even became outraged. And they said, Tadusi, we want a special session. Now, remember, the vote certification happened in Congress on January the 6th. That gets obscured with a riot that happened. But that the vote certification took place in, in Congress on January the 6th. The Arizona State Legislature was not due to convene until the 13th of January, one week after. Ducey said at a press conference, and this is almost word for word, I heard it with my own ears, no, no, they can meet on the 13th and handle their concerns then, after the votes would have been certified. The fix was in. Ducey wanted mandatory vaccines on behalf of his benefactor, TGen, and Trump did not, and I believe that's why um, Ducey took the side he did. There's also other things about Ducey that now have surfaced about his relationship with the Communist Chinese Army, and we're going we're to really come out with this in a very big way next month. And by the way, Ducey, don't try to stop me because I've already distributed the information. We're just synthesizing it on our end. Um, but those are the two things. Now, what's interesting is the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors have been told by a judge that you have to honor this subpoena from the Arizona State Senate and they're still refusing to follow the judge's orders. This is as crooked as it gets. And I've only touched the tip of the iceberg, Average Joe. This is just a couple of stories. We, As you said, we have over a thousand affidavits. Now, in the Supreme Court, they've now come out and said, no, nope, you have no standing. We're not going to hear the case. I want to make sure America knows this, okay? Because AOL.com lied on their website uh, every major news agency lied and they said the court said there was no proof. How would they know there's no proof? They never heard one ounce of evidence ever. In fact, Justice Alito, who wrote the dissenting opinion, scorched his colleagues, says, you have promoted election fraud and you won't even look at the evidence. Not one case was considered. The fix was in. Were these judges blackmailed? I think so. Were they paid off? I think that's a probability. And at the heart of this, and, and, and I don't know this is a lengthy answer, but I'm going to get right down to how bad this could be. You've got Swalwell. What a swell, Swalwell guy he is. He's sleeping with a communist Chinese spy. Busted for spying. That's his mistress. And he's on the Senate Intelligence Committee as a Democrat. And this is how far the Chinese influence comes in, but I'll even go one better. The Senate Majority Leader, who said there was no election fraud, Mitch McConnell, he blocked two election integrity bills uh, that would have shored up no foreign counting of votes offshore. That was one of the bills that he killed in his role as Senate Majority Leader. And his wife, Secretary Chao, C-H-A-O, Chinese by birth, head of the U.S. Department of Transportation, and her parents are the major port regulators for the major communist Chinese ports in China. No conflict of interest there. And then you've got Diane Feinstein going back a few years, whose 20-year driver was found out to be a Chinese spy. Oh, I didn't know. Yet, 
who does her husband do business with as they came into the Senate as a millionaire and they they're gonna leave as billionaires her husband does primary business with communist China and she didn't know that driver was a spy that's how far the penetration has gone average Joe into our government this is how you have 33 cases of voter fraud dismissed without hearing one ounce of evidence you know, I thought it was kind of odd that every single one of those court cases was, was not even listened to. They didn't hear those cases. Every single one, and now you just explained the, the, the deal with the, the Supreme Court. How, how did, how did the, the TV stations know no. that there's no evidence? That just blows me away. No, they, they're just lying. They're, they're misleading yeah, the public, saying there's no evidence. What they're saying is, we're not looking at your case. We don't care if there's evidence, not evidence. We're not looking at the case. End of story. Goodbye. You know, I heard one guy, one of the guys who signed an affidavit and took an oath and everything, under possible penalty of, of, um, of um, law that he could be thrown in jail for, he said that he, he was a truck driver driving um, mail around. He worked for the, uh, he wasn't a, a postal employee, but he was uh, hired by a company that would drive, would mail all around the country and stuff and he he said that there were there were ballots uh, uh, big blocks of ballots that he drove across state line to another state and dropped them off there which is illegal that's, that's illegal that's a violation of federal how election law yeah how can Arizona ballots be, be counted in New Mexico or you know that's not that's not anyway that I'm just dumbfounded that that could happen in our country, but um, I, I, I don't know. But that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I appreciate you letting us know that. My next question is... Um, well, you know, I want to add just one more thing before we leave the election. Okay. I think it's really important to realize that um, um, we have, before the election ever was taken place, they were finding Trump votes at the bottom of dumpsters and in cornfields. The election should have been called off right then. It was that clear. There was this much voter fraud involving tens of thousands of votes. There was justification right there to declare the Insurrection Act and, and bring in the National Guard or the military or the federal marshals or all three and say this election is not going to be held in these circumstances. This is how we're going to do the election. There will be no mail-in ballots and everyone's going to be required to sign and so forth and so on. Trump had the ability to do that under the 14th Amendment and as well as uh, vo voter regulation laws, and he could have done it under the enforcement of the Insurrection Act. He did not. And Why? Any t it, uh, this is the question. That's a really good question. Rush Limbaugh's main researcher yesterday came out and said Trump avoided assassination right after the election. That's why. Wow. I think that's why. Um, they threatened him, they threatened his family, and he backed down. And I think the threatening actually began. You can see a change in, um, in Trump when the COVID-19 team came on. And that's where he lost control of the country. And I think that that right there is where they told him this is how it's going to be, Donald. You've gone far enough. We'll kill you. We'll kill your family. We'll make your life a living hell. And they're still making it a living hell. 
They're going after yeah. for income tax evasion and every, every other damn thing they can make up. I mean, this is how ridiculous it got. They impeached a man who no longer held the office. So, exactly. Fred, you know that job you quit 10 years ago? Well, we're going to bring yeah. you back and have a hearing and fire you. I mean, that's how ridiculous this was. Yeah. That is, that is, that just blew me away. I, how do you impeach somebody who's not even in, uh, employed anymore? It's not, it doesn't have to hold the office anymore. I never could figure that out. Well, it's all about convincing the public that the election was fair, this is what the people wanted, and they can get yeah. their agenda in. And if you look at it, uh, Biden had 10 times more executive orders in the first few days of office than any other president in American history. These were all pre-written. These were all designed to change the country. If you look at it, what's happened to gasoline prices since he's come in? What's happened to employment since he's come in? It's one month, and he's a one-man wrecking crew. Well, that was my next question, Dave. I, I wanted to know, first of all, the, the pipeline, the, the safest way to transport petrol is pipeline. There's pipelines all over the country, and all of a sudden, in this one spot, they say no. Now, I, I, I always look at the, where the money comes from. Who's gaining from this, you know? And I, I just can't understand. Now, you know, they, they, he shut that thing down. He, he cost us how many thousands of jobs, well-paying jobs. And, of course, the Middle East has upped their gas prices. And now I'm, I'm seeing a 50, 50 cent jump in the, the price of gasoline since Biden took office. All those people, those poor people are out of work and their families, you know, what are they going to do? You know, it's just, it's just amazing. He's just, he's a, like you said, he's a one man wrecking crew. Why is he doing this? To destroy America. You have to understand, um, <laughs> this is where the average person needs to go do their research. Um, this is the part where you sound like a conspiracy theorist, but Biden is not about the Constitution. He's telling big tech to shut people down who are talking negatively about the vaccine. He's telling big tech to shut people down who are defending gun rights. So <clears throat> he's very anti-Constitution. Excuse me here a second. Okay, so he is extremely anti-unconstitutional in his approach. And... Um, He's about, who's making the money on the oil now? Well, the Saudis and the Iranians. And see, Iran came up with a competing plan. It was called the BRICS nations. It was Russia, India, China, Brazil, South Africa. And they came up with this plan that they would buy oil for gold from Iran. And it was competing with the U.S. petrodollar, the world reserve currency. And Trump came in and created so much energy independence in the United States, it crushed the BRICS agreement. It no longer exists. India, I mean, this, they're not even part of the agreements anymore, but India has totally gone their own way. And, and as a consequence, um, this enables Iran to become a player again in oil, as well as Venezuela. And we'll be buying gas at very high prices. They want us out of our cars. Kamala Harris said this, you're going to be out of your car. You're not going to own a car by this date. And Biden has said every car for the federal government is going to be electric. And they're going through all these things. They want us out of our cars. 
They want us to use less energy. And if you look at what happened with Texas, what was that attack upon? It was an attack upon the grid. And it's interesting the lies they're telling to cover up what they did. Number one, Texas asked for more energy before the storm hit, and the Department of Energy said no. So all those people that die, I think, have a class action suit against the Department of Energy. Number two, the, uh, the people of Texas said, well, our power is failing because, you know those climate change mitigations we did? The, the, you say we have so many problems with climate change? Well, we used alternative energy. It was called wind turbines. They froze. Well, the mainstream media is trying to say that's not true. Well, that's not what people in Texas are saying. To a person in positions of authority, they are saying that's what happened. But Bill Gates, the great depopulation expert, came out and he says, no, 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 it wasn't that. Energy expert Bill, <coughs> excuse me, said, no, no, the reason that they had the problems, they didn't weatherize their power plants. I don't know if that's true or not true, and that's irrelevant. The fact is their climate mitigation strategy of turbines failed, and that's the major reason. And then Biden's energy department gave them permission, the, D the DOE and the local utility companies, to dramatically raise rates. People's rates went from like $350 a month to $8,000 utility bills, and that's courtesy of the Biden administration. They are out to destroy America. To answer your question, why are they doing all this to hurt America? They, they are bringing in immigrants to flood us with expense. We need immigration in this country. We have a 1.8 birth rate. We need 2.1 to maintain for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and so forth to push people through. So we need legal right. immigrants to come in. But we can't afford to have millions of immigrants come in, and we certainly can't afford to have unscreened immigrants come in where some of them could be terrorists or dangerous people, and and Biden doesn't care. He doesn't care how many Americans these people might kill. Most of them are not violent. Most of them just want to come here and work. But some of them, no doubt, are, mean us harm. And we have seen right. that through the years. And so Biden is about destroying America. And if you look at, let me just pose this to you, um, Average Joe. I think you're going to find this interesting. The American Revolution started in churches, and in taverns and in town squares. What did COVID regulations prevent? People from congregating in these areas and talking about the takeover of this country. Start putting these things yeah. together and you can see there's a force right now that is going to allow the United Nations to rule politically over the world, including the United States, and there's a force in the world that's going to do the same thing economically called the International Monetary Fund. That's why he's doing what he's doing. He serves those people. You know, I just, um, I, I know that uh, the, the, the people who gain the most from shutting down the pipeline and shutting down fracking and all that are, are is the old money in this country that, that's invested in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And so they have something to do with it. And the 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 money the the oil on the on the North Shore, and that that that'll run through that that pipeline is owned and in, the investment in that comes from new money, and old money doesn't like losing money. You know they they want their money. So I know there's there's something there, and I believe that that the the new money uh, the old money is the, the the group that's funding the environmental movement that 
that big farce they had up there in, on the Indian reservation up there. Um, I, I, I do, I, I kind of wonder, very little of that pipeline actually goes on Indian reservation land. And I'm sure they make money off the lease of that land. So I'm sure, I can't imagine them not being upset that they're not putting more of the pipeline on Indian reservation land up there. I would think that they would really want that, but they didn't get that. And I, I don't quite, I, I don't quite understand um, that whole that whole deal. Like I said earlier, that pipelines are the safest way to to, to transport petrol, and um, it, it's not going to destroy their water. I don't believe it was about water. It had to do with they were upset that they weren't going to get lease money from from the oil companies because the pipeline didn't run across their land. That was that's just my guess. I have no proof on that. I'm just looking at the money and. and and, and it seems to make common sense to me. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think you're right, but also, too, there's a lot of backroom dealing that goes on. Uh, one of the biggest complaints that a lot of Native Americans have is the corruption of their leadership. And I'm not saying they're all corrupt, but a lot are. And backroom deals get done. The uh, Bureau of Land Management routinely lets groups like Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, you remember the Uranium One scandal, go on oh, yeah. native, native land and extract uranium, highly enriched uranium, and sell it to our enemies, the Russians, in an act of treason, because that could be turned into nuclear weapons. Well, that happened a lot on native land, the BLM. Yeah. And and so there's corruption galore on this, and then there's sweetheart deals for the casinos and so forth, and, you know, deals get made. I'm just saying, uh, I'll tell you this, the people that had the pipelines coming through their land we're making major bank because of the pay payouts that were coming on for the use, the right of way use. The, it was a fair deal for Native American tribes. They did well, but somebody else helped them do better in other ways. And this is why many of their leadership spoke up. But I will tell you this, there are a lot of Native Americans who do not agree with the killing of the Keystone pipeline. It's corrupt. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, we live in a big whorehouse. Washington, D.C. is a house of prostitution. Let's just make no bones about it right now. The rule yeah. of law in America is dead. There is no rule of law. It's might makes right. Uh, it's not supposed to be that way. You know, it really is depressing to, to hear about that. You know, it's... It, um, I don't know who who's who's Biden. My my last question I have for you, Dave, is 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 who exactly is Biden working for? Because he's he's obviously not in charge. No, he's and I don't see how he could last four years with his health issues, with his you know his obvious um, you know he's he's just not all there mentally. And I don't see him. I personally don't see him making it four years. So, but. Who's he working for? Who, who's telling him what to do and, 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 and how to do it? The short answer and the most obvious public figure we could point to, but it's not a complete answer, is George Soros. And who does yeah. George Soros work for? He works for the big banks. I mean, I'm talking about the people's names you do not know that want this global governance that they're in charge of that's uh, socialistic and, and really represents neo-feudalism. Uh, very autocratic, no human rights, no civil rights. 
Um, he works for that conglomerate. They took over the Democratic Party. The, these groups took over the Democrats. And um, they I, well, that's a show unto itself about who took over the Democratic Party. But I'll just say this. International globalist interests, which are some American and some not American, who want to have one world governance and the control of everything, and they're organizing the control through climate change, and we should probably talk about that in a minute. But they're the ones who need to destroy America. See, here, here's the deal. Europe is in ruins economically. They're on the verge of absolute chaos and collapse. Um, and they know it. This is why their banks are all going to gold and Bitcoin, but I think it's too little too late. China is even in trouble, but they've been handed the, the role of the world policeman now. And then the rest of the world, except for Russia, is, is in total chaos. But Ru the world wants a war between Russia and the United States. Why? You can't have a nation or two nations who have any form of civil liberties, any form of economic independence, and any society where the people are thriving economically when the rest of the world is in absolute economic and political chaos and expect the rest of the world to go along with a new world order. You have to destroy the whole thing. In fact, they have a saying for it. They call it, out of chaos comes order. And so they are out to destroy the United States and Russia. They'd like to get us in a war. And they tried to do that in Syria. In fact, Hillary Clinton really tipped the hand. In debate number two in 2016, she said, if I'm elected, I'll have a no-fly zone in Syria, meaning American jets would be shooting down Russian fighters. That would have been instant World War III, and that's what they want. They want the two biggest nations on the earth outside of China to destroy each other, and then they're going to use the Chinese and their allies inside the UN to basically take over the world. And then they're, they're going to impose everything. And let's, let's talk about climate change just for a second. Climate change is not about saving the planet, you know, for the polar bears so they don't drown at the North Pole. There is not one shred of evidence that supports climate change. None. In fact, they've been caught in fraud. East Anglia University, Penn State, 2008, they got caught massaging the figures. They called it global warming then. They actually showed yep. in the real data the... the temperatures were going down uh, but what climate change does is this it regulates all energy and if you control energy you control yeah. everything you control transportation the shipment of goods and services people's ability to get to work people's ability to heat and cool their home the transportation of food you can control food and use it as a weapon to subjugate populations who resist you this is the purpose of, of climate change, and I'm just giving you the most brief Reader's Digest. I mean, it's going to get much, much worse than what I'm talking about, but I'm just giving you the small version. And climate change is the universal mantra for how they're going to take over the world. But first, they got to bring the U.S. and Russia down. Gosh. I don't well, know if that that was that explanation was very clear. Um. There's two old books that people should read. One of them is written, it's kind of funny, I read this book in 1980, and it had a very profound effect on me, and it's before my father, five years later, will tell me about the um, secret space program that he actually did research for by downloading um, ex-Nazi scientist theoretical physics and reverse engineering them. 
And um, this is five years before I found out about any of that. But a guy named Pat Wood, who I interview a lot now, and Pat and I are friends, and we've done some projects together. Pat wrote a book with Anthony Sutton, the late Professor Anthony Sutton, called Trilaterals Over Washington. And you can, you can do a search engine on that and still order it. It's outdated with some of the companies, but it shows how the Rockefellers and their related interests basically grabbed control of the United States. And it's what the best document. Pardon me? What's the name of the book again? Trilaterals Over Washington. And you have to realize it's 1980, so a lot of the corporations are no longer in existence. They've changed names. They've been bought out. But it shows how the process is done, how they took over the media, how they took over transportation, how they took over industry. It's all right there. And um, they also talked about the Trilateral Commission. Uh, and the, by the way, I'm sorry, the book was called, I want to make sure I get it right, Trilaterals Over Washington. That was the name of the book by, by uh, Pat Wood, Trilaterals Over Washington. And the Trilateral Commission was a commission set up by Zygmunt Brzezinski and David Rockefeller when Jimmy Carter was president. And they set this up in 1973. And it was designed to bring in European interests and Asian top economic Asian interests, and they wanted to build up China. But Japan was the main player at that time in the 70s. And they said, we need to redistribute the wealth of the planet from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere and so we can have worldwide socialism. And the plan was laid into effect then that they would one day destroy the United States. They would try to get Russia and the U.S. in a war, and that China would be grown to enormous power, and they'd be the world policemen to enforce all this. That came out in 1973, and the book Trilaterals Over Washington shows you how they started to do it, and where many of our leaders got into the Carter administration, and they began to subvert American interests in favor of globalist interests. And this is exactly what we're seeing from Biden today. In fact, I'll even go back a step here earlier. In the Obama administration, you know, if, if you look at baseball people, there's a term in baseball called the eighth inning setup pitcher. The pitcher comes in and he holds the lead or she holds the lead, you know, in baseball, softball. And then the ninth right. inning closer comes in and shuts everything down, and that's the devastation that takes place from the pitching mound. Well, Obama was the eighth inning setup guy. He gave us Executive Order 13603. A president can self-declare an emergency and take over everything, anything, conscript labor, have slave labor without payment. It's all there, Executive Order 13603. He also came up with the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, which says that you can snatch people off the street without due process and hold them indefinitely. No phone call, no lawyer, no nothing. You kill them and no one would even know. All you have to do is call them an enemy combatant. And those two pieces of legislation, along with FEMA camp legislation called FM 39.4, were part of the Obama mantra. He was setting up for Hillary Clinton in 2016. She was to be that ninth inning closer. And unfortunately for the despots of this country, Donald Trump happened. I look at God gave America a three and a half year reprieve by giving us Donald Trump and we didn't change our ways. We didn't stop killing babies. We didn't stop being corrupt. We we live hedonistic lifestyles. We watch pornography like there's no tomorrow. And God said last chance and now we've got Biden. Biden is going to fulfill through the people who control him because remember he's just a puppet and Kamala Harris is only a puppet. 
the people yeah. that control these two are bringing in the regime tactics that were set out by Obama as the eighth inning setup guy. And right now we're entering the ninth inning. I'm going to tell you this, you know, average Joe, and this is going to sound extreme, but where I sit, we are seeing Nazi genocidal language from our leaders in the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi says we have enemies within, and she's talking Congress. That was the language used before the Reichstag fire and the Nazis took over and blamed the communists for the fire they set. Uh, we have Kamala Harris, and we have um, um, Obama's wife, Michelle Obama. We have Ocasio-Cortez all saying, if you supported Trump, you're going on a list, and we're going to make sure you never rise again. That's genocidal Nazi language. I'm yeah. telling you that if we allow this to continue, they are going to murder 80 to 100 million Americans in concentration camps. In fact, let me just give you a real brief anecdote. I used to interview a guy uh, named Larry Grathwall. He's now passed. Larry was an FBI special informant in the late 60s. He penetrated a group called the Weathermen Underground, and some people think they were a hippie anti-Vietnam. No, 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 no. They were Ivy League graduates, master's degree people. Their parents were prominent, and they were totally dedicated to communism. Bill Ayers was their head. Larry Grathwall said this on my show, not once, but twice. He asked um, Bill Ayers, he said, Bill, if you guys ever take over in this communist revolution, what will you do? And he said, the first thing that we'll do is we'll have to send about 50 million Americans to re-education camps. And you notice we're using those terms again, deprogramming, re-education camps. Those terms are coming out now from the left. He said, we'll have yep. to send them to these camps. And he said, we'll have to do away with meaning murder over half of them. Now, this was in 1969. In the, gosh, what was it, late uh, in the mid-1990s, Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernadine Dorn, who went to prison for her actions in the Weatherman Underground, they recruited Barack Obama, a community activist, to run for the state senate of Illinois. And six years later, he was the president. And Bill Ayers hosted his coming-out political party in his Hyde Park, Chicago home. And he visited the White House often during the Obama years. So when people say, Dave, you're really jumping to conclusions about genocide, when you look at the language of Pelosi and all the rest, and when you look at the background of Obama, Biden, and all these people coming to the forefront and knowing that Biden is controlled by communist China, that's been well established in Hunter Biden's laptop, it's easy for me to conclude that we're on the path to genocide. Well, I said a mouthful, didn't I? Yes, you did. Uh, but thank you for clearing some things up for me. I, I appreciate it. Um, Let me give you the two books again. People should read Trilaterals Over Washington. And there's another book, None Dare Call It a Conspiracy. It's a 70s book. But it shows you the organizing features of what we're dealing with today. And by the way, I want to make sure everyone understands this. Okay. These people are Luciferian. Hillary Clinton goes to the Church of Satan in L.A., and I'm not making this up. This is a fact. It came out during the campaign of 2016. These people are Luciferian. They serve Satan. 
In fact, the guy who is the head of the eco division, the ecology division of the United Nations, his name is David Spangler, he said, no one will come to the new world order without pledging an allegiance to Lucifer. And I'm just going to say this to people right now, and you can reject this, that's fine. But it's my firm belief and the belief of many of my colleagues, there's no sitting on the fence now. You're either on the side of Jesus Christ or you're serving Lucifer. And the people that are coming after us are Luciferian and they will stop at nothing to get their way. Hmm. What's your reaction well, to that, <laughs> Average Joe? What's your reaction to what you've heard tonight? I'm a Christian and I've, I've read Revelations and, and this scare, it, it's scary. It tells me that the time the time is near. Um, you know, we... Oh, my reaction is, it, it sounds like if we just continue on like we're continuing, you know, it'll happen. There's got to be, something's got to happen to stop this. And it, it might just, uh, something's got to happen to stop this. We have to well, do something. my opinion is it's gone so far that the only way to correct this, and, and I do think we should be politically active. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think we should oppose what's going on. But the real battle is a spiritual battle. Um, I have a friend named Vance Davis who was NSA trained, and he was actually taught in his training in 19, early 1990s and late 1980s that there was a war in the cosmos and the bad guys lost and they were sent to the planet Earth and blah, 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 blah. They wanted to steal the soul because they were anti-God, and that's transhumanism, and that's what Vance was talking about this before the term was ever in vogue. And they said, well, we, we can't, steal the soul we can't crack it but we can change the human being and morph them and this is what we're seeing the vaccines about part of this that's another show for another time but i'm going to tell you this um the people they're talking about the entities that came to earth that's genesis 6 these are the fallen angels the fallen angels came and they bred with earth women this is all biblical and you can trace this through luke luke and the book of acts and the book of revelations and they create a separate bloodline it's our belief, many of us, we think that the reason that so many of these presidents and royal families and so forth are related, you know, they're like distant cousins and so forth, we think they're part of that bloodline of the fallen angels, which was Satan's descendants. It was one-third of the angels cast out of heaven, uh, the heavens to come to earth. And this is all very biblical. And there are now some pastors who are enlightened. Most of them are too afraid to talk about this. But there are some pastors now speaking about this. We're in a spiritual war. Yeah, I, I think we've been in spiritual war for quite a while. Yeah, it, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> since, since the Garden of Eden. Well, um, but, Average Joe, my friend, we are out of time, but uh, uh, your questions really got me going. They're the kind that, you know, <laughs> prompt a diatribe, but I, but I hope it was productive, and I do appreciate you coming on, and let's hope people will listen to what was said here, and they'll go do their own research. Well, thank you for inviting me, and uh, I hope you're right. I hope people make uh, will will take read and get themselves informed, and go back to church. Yeah. Amen to that, my brother. No pun intended. Well, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. It's been a very, very uh, I think productive experience, and I think we're going to get some people to pay attention. So uh, we'll, we'll have to do this again sometime as circumstances warrant. Thanks for joining us. Take care. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. You take care as well. All right.